Hello, everyone. Welcome to the first episode and the preliminary episode of Two Queers in a Pod. That is a lovely soundbite, as you can tell. My name is I go by any pronouns. I am also ID as a lesbian, and I am aromantic. Um, and I'm currently, unfortunately, not with my significant other, who is the other queer in a pod. Their name is Rachel. They go by she, they pronouns. Um, as of right now, and they also ID as a lesbian. This episode is mainly here to establish the background information about this this website, this source, my intentions, what what made it happen, and why did I pick to do what I did with it. As you can tell, my name was redacted, and the reason my name was redacted is because of anonymity. While I'm proud of my identity, I don't come from a background where I'm allowed to do so in a safe space, which is of course unfortunate and I think that is what caused this website to become. I am making this website as a project for a gender studies course. Of course I'm taking this gender studies course out of interest and out of passion. I love sociology, I love psychology, I love the humanities. It is what I will be spending the rest of my life doing because since I was a child I was really, really motivated towards the uplifting and betterment of the treatment of marginalized individuals. I think I grew up really fast because of my experience as a marginalized individual, having many intersecting identities that also led me to my passion in this field. So this gender studies project entailed us making a difference, making us have a social action. And I looked at my experience and where I really wanted change and I think this is where I wanted it. I had a very insightful conversation with my teacher about this project and I I really connected with the idea that parents are trying to learn and they don't necessarily always have the resources to do so. I know that my parents are not accepting and I understand how painful that is. I grew up understanding that my parents would never accept me and that kind of gnaws at your insides and i know that there are parents that can change i know there are parents that are unaccepting that can make a difference and i truthfully am making this resource for those parents parents of queer children who they may not know are queer parents of assist heterosexual children who want to teach their children how to be better in this world i made this resource aimed at parents so they could have um, a place to be a little bit ignorant, so they could make sure they raise their child to be hoping nothing but hatred on other people. So I decided to create this website, and this podcast was kind of a spur-of-the-moment idea. I thought that it would be powerful to have a, pl- a platform to discuss my own experiences, to discuss the experiences of the queer people that I know, um, and to have these um, parents who would be watching these w- videos or listening to these podcasts and reading this resource to have an insight into the vast variety of different experiences shared and experienced by queer f- people. Because when you're living in an environment where you haven't really been exposed to many queer people, it's kind of hard to get those diverse experiences out there. With the age of the internet, this has changed, obviously. 
but a lot of the content made by queer people is for queer queer people and that is absolutely valid that is absolutely necessary but it does cause a little bit of a blockage in communication information truly is the key to having a better world and if you have this group of individuals who want to do better but don't have the information to be able to do so there's going to be a gap that needs to be filled and i am trying to do everything that i can to fill that gap the way that i've designed this some episodes will have a more research-based structure for example the second episode will be about hiv and the aids crisis which was a fundamental point in queer history it would be negligent not talk about how pivotal that the um, HIV and AIDS crisis was in terms of establishing negative stereotypes and bias against queer folk, which is why the second episode deals with it. And in that episode, which I have already recorded, we follow a more research-based route. And the value of that is that people who have an easier time listening would be able to hear people talk about that platform, that, um, not platform, that idea, that event, and understand through that, as well as hearing the voices of the people impacted and hearing the opinions of the people impacted. When we look at the way that sociology works and how the lives of queer individuals works, it, it, you can't just take away the feelings, the emotions. I can't just serve you information on a platter and allow you and like hope that you're going to connect with it in a meaningful way you need to hear and you need to feel the presence of the people who are impacted by it you need to understand the culture to understand the value behind these identities and what they mean to certain people without that you miss out on a major component of what makes someone um in the LGBTQ plus community, what makes someone feel like they are queer, because queer, um, for your information, isn't just a term to describe people who are gay, trans, asexual, etc. Queer is also a political term, a term referring to people who are radical, people who aren't just gay, but people who use it as a means of representing themselves. There are people who are casually gay. I like to say it like that. Where, yeah, they're gay. But it doesn't mean much to them in their greater life. And that's fine. It's absolutely okay to be queer and not... to be gay and not queer. But for people who are queer, queer as a political concept, queer as a powerful concept, means so much more than just being gay which is why i have you know named this podcast to queers in a pod and it's also why i'm explaining the value behind that term because it's such a a powerful term which also by the way used to be an inappropriate slur a derogatory term there's a lot of value in hearing the stances of people who are queer because it's not just saying that they've experienced life as someone who is gay it's saying that they've experienced life as someone who's queer and that means a lot moving throughout a world where you are queer isn't necessarily always the easiest thing to deal with discrimination and bias are a frequent thing 
being relied on to educate everyone around you is difficult. And I wanted to give an insight into what that truly feels like and what that truly means, especially from queer people. I think that so many resources made to learn about queer people aren't made by queer people and it misses out on a lot of authenticity that I believe that this can give. Changing topics a little bit, I'm going to describe and explain the structure of this website and why I did it the way that I did it. I'm a pretty meticulous person. I don't really do things unintentionally. I don't really do things without thought. And I put a lot of thought into the way that I organized this website. I wanted to start off with unlearning. And I say this because we are so inundated with bias. There is so much bias. Um, and I say this as a person of intersectional identities. I've seen and experienced bias, not just for my queer identity, but for my race, for my ethnicity, for my religion, for my gender. I have experienced it all in a way. And I think that we have a really hard time accepting that there is bias in this world and that bias is such a big problem that we can't really just ignore it. We have to actively unlearn and we have to actively dismantle systems of bias that are in place. I wanted to start off with unlearning because so many of us are taught negative information and stupid fiction about queer folk that leave us unwilling to properly respect them and properly learn about their identities and existences. So by starting at unlearning, you dismantle and pull apart these biases you have, and you leave yourself far more willing and able to have good open conversations and to be open-minded towards learning. This way, you can be of support to your youth. You can be of support to the people around you who are queer, as opposed to just thinking that you're doing a good job when in reality you could be causing more harm. I then move on to basic information about sex, gender, and sexuality. It's actually kind of astounding how few people understand that distinction. It's an important one for sure, and I think it's where a lot of people's learning about their own identity starts. When they start questioning, hey, I don't feel romantic attraction or hey i don't feel attraction towards this gender or i feel attraction towards both genders or i don't necessarily associate with either either gender once we start questioning things like that that's how it kind of snowballs into figuring out you're queer and that's an experience that non-queer people don't experience that's something that y'all don't go through so I have attached resources and tried to make it as accessible as possible to ensure that people can learn. I talk about history because queer history has a lot of value and significance in the lives of modern day queer people. They dictate how we live modern day, especially considering that, for example, pretty recently there was a lift on the ban towards gay men giving blood previously gay men and bisexual men who were giving blood, and as well as trans women in certain instances, 
have to be abstinent and celibate for at least three months in order to donate blood, which are negative connotations and negative thought processes that come from the HIV and AIDS crisis that are not backed by science. That impacts people of modern day, and the fact that that has just been changed 80 years after the crisis, it's astonishing, it's disappointing, it's telling of our society and who we value. I also talk about other things that I think are super duper important, like mental health as a queer person. I've struggled a lot with my mental health, especially because I am someone who's religious. I know so many other queer people who do, and queer people are disproportionately impacted by mental health illnesses because of the distre- because of the ill treatment they receive in public. I talk about how to be an ally and what it means to be an ally. I talk about LGBTQ plus representation in books and TV and media in general. I remember the first time I read a book that I felt represented in. It was a book by the name of The Love and Lies of Roxana Ali. It was about a a Bengali Muslim lesbian who was caught with her girlfriend and subsequently was forced to get sent back to her homeland. And that was the first time I ever felt represented. And I cried so much. So I have a section that talks about that because I think that that experience is one that, once again, people who are cis, people who are straight, may not understand to the same degree that people who are of marginalized communities do. And I also talk about intersectionality, which is a word that I've thrown around a couple times because it's a fundamental component of my life and it's a fundamental component of many queer people in my life lives. Um, following this, I talk about supporting your youth. Now that you've unlearned a bunch of stuff, now that you've learned a bunch of stuff, it's about time to implement that stuff. Parents want to do the best for their children, but that doesn't mean they always know what's best, which is why I've added in this section. I spoke to um, a handful of parents as well as queer kids in order to create this section. And I did this so I could get both sides, opinions and thought processes in order to adequately cover everything that I felt was needed to cover. I did this to ensure that both sides understood where the other was coming from. Parents want nothing more than to protect and support their child and children want nothing more to be than to be protected and supported. That doesn't mean it always go so um mutually (laughs) and afterwards i also have a section that talks about resources so i have a bunch of books linked a book list linked that covers books for children books for older audiences um books related to nonfiction, historical figures sex ed because that's super important um that's something that a lot of queer folk miss out on in their early childhood and that leads them to having to deal with unnecessary sexually transmitted infections. I talk about um, a bunch of charities, a bunch of charities and donations and places that you can volunteer, resources to look into if you're queer and you want support or if you're, you have a queer child and you want to support them. Essentially, I I tried to make 
within my ability as of right now, a resource that covered a bunch of things I thought was necessary to change the way that we look at queer folk and how they should be parented. This is an ongoing project for me, even once the due date is done. I will continue to work on this, which is why there's a contact section. I have created a different email for this, so I will receive those um, in a separate inbox as to my normal one, also to ensure anonymity. And I will continue to work on what I can. If you have any comments, any suggestions, anything you think I should add or remove and your reasoning, please feel free to contact me and please feel free to explain that. I want everything to be as understandable, as effective, as accepting as I can make it. So that's about two queers in a pod. Fun fact, we came up with that name at 12 a.m. in the morning. I hope you have a phenomenal rest of your day, whoever you may be, whoever you are listening. This was Two Queers in a Pod with me.